If you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to Genesis chapter 12, because we're going to go way back to the beginning here and figure out how Lot even got to where he was. Um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So I just want to stop there. I, mean, I read that verse first because it's interesting to note something. What did the Lord say to Abram? Leave your country, your people, and your father's household. So in other words, he's saying, leave everybody, okay? But if you go into verse 4, you see that Abram didn't quite follow that instruction completely. It says, so Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. He wasn't supposed to take anybody with him. Lot was not his son. Lot was his nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the great land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Listen to verse 7. Um, really, Gaspar? I didn't hear it, but that's cool if, if, if that's the case. The Lord appeared to Abram saying, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he's talking about the land of Canaan. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So right off the bat, you see something interesting in this story. Lot wasn't even supposed to be there. He ended up as like a... Now, I mean, did he, did he say to Abram, um, I agree, Auntie Joe. Auntie Joe, see, same thing. I'm going to have to stop the broadcast because you, <laughs> you guys are basically saying exactly what, what I have on my heart. But I love that, I love that you understand um, and that you're on the same page. I think that's, that's really important because it, it, it's obvious that we're all, we're all brothers and sisters and, and, and we understand. We, we're on the same page. I love that. But I still, I'm still going to go through the whole broadcast. <laughs> so first things first, um, you know, Lot came along and did he ask to come along? I'm not sure. Either way, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was not part of, um, like, he, like I said, he wasn't Abram, Abram's son. It was his nephew. And God specifically said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. So let's fast forward now because it's, it's a lot of story. And I, I only have an hour, uh, theoretically. Uh, Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. So Lot's still following Abram around. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Verse 5. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them, while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And I find that great as well, because they were basically moving around as the Lord directed them, and they were so wealthy and so prosperous that they couldn't, the land could not sustain both of them, which I think is great. Um, I love, I love how the Lord prospers his people. And by the way, um, you know, Ab there was a famine in Egypt. And even still, Abram was prospering, and he, had, he was very wealthy, despite the famine. So anyways, just, just a thought. Um, let's keep reading. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a bit because... So, okay, 
I'll, I'll, I'll sum it to you this way. So basically, um, Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, they were arguing. They're like, okay, you're taking our land. You know, so, so basically, um, they decided we got to part ways. So verse 8, Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. If not the whole land, is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the left. If you go to the right, I'll go to the right. So Abram kind of put the decision in Lot's hand. And, um, and so Lot, actually I'll read it because this is, this is good. There's something important to keep in mind because remember, we're establishing how did Lot get there in the first place and was he even supposed to be there? So listen to this. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Or in other versions say, towards Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. So, you know, and you could preach a whole sermon out of Lot's decision to, to camp with this view of, of Sodom in, in sight. Because Sodom was known as a wicked city. It says that the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And so Lot basically positioned himself to say, that land looks pretty good to me. I know there's, uh, you're right, Steph. I know there's wicked people there, but you know, it's a good looking land. And I, you know, I'm, I'm rich and so whatever, you know, it's, it's looking good. And, um, you know, it's funny because I remember an old preacher always said, what you look at, you'll basically have, uh, you'll eventually have. And so Lot had his eyes towards Sodom and he eventually ended up living there. And so, listen, I, I want to say this to you. Um, Sheba, that's a good question. Off the top of my head, I do not know the answer. Uh, somebody Google it for me, because I'm, I'm curious too. Um, sometimes off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Um, so Lot, all, okay, so already you see that Lot, his, his, first of all, he, he shouldn't have been there. He came on a trip that he, that he shouldn't have been on. And then when he had the choice out of which land to pick, he decided, I, I, this land looks good to me despite the wickedness. So I'm going to point, I'm going to point my tent there. So I'm going to constantly be seeing it. Now, um, I'm going to skip a few chapters because we're going to get over to, uh, chapter 18, because this is where the story picks up. Um, so, so obviously you have to understand this about Lot. He, he, have, in chapter 14, he's now living in the city. So it went from, I have my tents. I'm, I'm looking at there. It's a nice looking land. I think I might want to go there. And now he's living in this wicked city. And I, I don't know about you, but one thing I know is that God didn't lead Lot to Sodom. God, didn't, uh, oh, Auntie Jo says Jordan. Okay. So Jordan is, is not exactly, um, Jordan is, uh, a tough country, a tough country to live in. That is for sure. Um, God didn't call lead Lot to Sodom. 
God God chose Abram, and and somehow God, Lot just ended up kind of tagging along. But there was no direction from God to say, um, you know, you need to go to Sodom. Because listen, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you this way, um, and I'm gonna speak for myself personally. I I don't know your story. I don't know why. If you do live here, I don't in this country. I think maybe Rick and Melina are probably the only ones who, who don't live in this country. But everybody else probably does. And so I don't know how you ended up here. Chances are you were probably born here and, and you stayed. But I can say for myself permanently, about uh, personally, probably about two, two and a half years ago, almost three years, um, and there was a word spoken over my life about me being uh, um, you know, called to Canada. And I thought it was funny because I'm like, well, I already live in Canada. So, I mean, I'm already here. Uh, but I realized what that word meant. And, and I realized that it's like I was here to affect change in this country. And, in, and this was September 2019. And in case you don't remember, September 2019 looked very, very different than what we're living in right now. Um, night and day, really. And so I was kind of like, yeah, well, of course I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be in Canada. I haven't gotten any kind of directive that's changed that. And again, I'm speaking um, for myself personally. You, you have to figure out, and I'm going to get to that. Um, I'm going to get to that at the end of the, at some point in the broadcast. I have a lot of scripture to read, so I got to hurry. Um, but, but in the case of, of, of Lot and Abram, you know, Abram was called, God showed him the land of Canaan, say, that's the land that I'm going to give your ancestors. Lot, on the other hand, he just looked at what looked good to him, despite the wickedness. And he didn't go there because he was trying to shine a light in the city of Sodom. In fact, he blended right in. He, he, was, he didn't stand out in the city of Sodom. What, what happened um, in Genesis 19? What, what do we read? I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but I, I want to go to this. So what, what ended up happening? So, so, so the, the men were there. Um, hey, Jill, good to see you. The men were, then, were there to see Lot. And what did the men of the city say? They went to his door and said, bring them out here so that we can sleep with them. So if they, I don't know, but if, if, if Lot has a reputation as a righteous man, that's an odd thing to happen. So what, it's, what, I, what, what it seems like to me, is that Lot was just living there. He had blended in to the rest of the people. I'm not saying that he was doing bad things, but he was just there. He was not affecting change. He wasn't being a light. He wasn't saying, he wasn't Jonah. They're saying, I'm here to make a difference in this city. And so I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. And I am placed here to make a difference in this city and this province and this nation. Okay, so I understand that Lot, well, we're going to get there. Let, let's, let's take it one story at a time. Let's go to Genesis 18 and verse 17. Um, then the Lord says, so this is, um, God obviously sees the wickedness in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he wants to destroy them, um, but Lot lives there. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just 
so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. I, the call of Abraham is so special because Abraham was called to keep the way of the Lord and to affect change all the way down to a thousand generations, to set a new standard. I want to set a new standard. I don't know about you. I'm not looking to run away. And I can't tell you uh, um, what, what God has planned for you, but I can tell you that he has a great plan for you. You know, in, in, in the book of Jeremiah, we read about how God directs the, 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 the children of Israel that though they were in bondage there, he said, pray for the city so that it may prosper because if it prospers, you'll prosper. And so that's, you know, more so than, than to run. I look at it more that way. I'm not going down without a fight. I'm not giving up on, 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 on this nation. I've made a decision. Now, again, I'm, I'm getting, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's finish the story and that'll get, I'll get to the next part. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Boy, Lot clearly... <laughs> Lot had no problem living in that city. That's a problem. <laughs> if, if, if it's so bad. God, the city of Nineveh was so wicked. It was incredibly wicked and yet God sent somebody to save them so just think how much more wicked Sodom must have been that God was like I don't even I have no interest in saving this city they're so wicked this is just remember and I know you're, you would think well yeah you know the God of the Old Testament he he, he uh, destroyed stuff uh, check where Nineveh check where the story of Jonah is also Old Testament pre-Christ and he had compassion on them but Sodom and Gomorrah mm -mm. and if you, <laughs> anyways I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna get into explaining why Sodom and Gomorrah was so wicked especially in the month of June but you could do the research for yourself God was like it, it's so their sin is so grievous that, that is some wickedness and a lot, a lot. Supposedly a righteous man, I suppose. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Who knows? He wasn't there to, to witness to them. He wasn't there to say, you know, you should turn from your wicked ways and turn to... He blended right in. Now, obviously he was righteous because... Uh, well, okay, let's keep reading. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? So obviously Abraham had Lot in mind because he knew he was there. And if you skip down um, to verse 32, then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. Well, guess what? There wasn't 10 righteous there. There wasn't 10 righteous there. Why? Because it was destroyed. There wasn't even 10. And Lot had his family there. And there wasn't even 10 righteous that were seen uh, uh, enough for God to want to save that city. 
They were so wicked that he's like, I'm going to destroy them. And that's why the angels came to Lot and said, run and don't look back. So let's keep reading. <laughs> um, boy, chapter 19 is kind of long. Let's go to, um, okay, let's go to verse 15. So this is, sorry, um, Genesis 19, 14, 19, 13. 1912. It's good stuff. I can't skip it. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, sons or daughter or daughters or anyone else who, in the city who belongs to you. Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against the people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his son-in-laws thought he was joking. Lot couldn't even affect his son-in-laws who were going to marry his daughters. Lot was not there as a light in that city. Because it's impossible to be a light in the city and to not have people uh, come, come to faith because of it. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, he, didn't, he still didn't want to leave. Guys, listen, I understand. It seems tempting to use this as a, as a, as a justification to leave. But this is a very different, very different situation than what we're facing. And I'm going to get to that. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as he had, they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, still... Still didn't want. Well, I don't know what the appeal of this city was that Lot just could not tear himself away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes. You know, sorry, I just got to stop there for a second. I'm not here because there's some kind of appeal of this city. Because there's not a whole lot in the natural. There is not a whole lot of appeal to this nation. Because think about it. The gas prices are expensive. The taxes are high. No, Sheba, his son-in-laws didn't make it. They got, they got destroyed too. Um, the taxes are high. The language laws are bad. Uh, the, all the bills that they're trying to pass are all terrible. In the natural, there's no reason to be here. But we, as children of God, we don't live our lives according to natural laws. We live our lives according to supernatural laws. We live our lives according to the Lord. We live our lives according to what the Word says. We live our lives according to what God tells us. So if you look at, just look at things in the natural, there isn't much pull here. So that's not even the reason why we're here in the first place. I, 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 would, I would be hard-pressed. To find somebody who's, who says, well, actually, you know, there's so much great stuff here. Um, that's why I'm here. No, I'm here because I'm called to affect change in this nation. And I'm called to affect change in this province. And let me tell you something. It's not easy. 
It would be easier to run away to Florida, but they don't need me there. They're covered. That would be the easiest thing to do. If you, you have to, you have to consider this. And again, I don't know what God uh, um, has spoken to you. This is, I'm talking to you from what I, what I believe from myself, not um, what I think you should do. I'm glad, Carol. That's right, Josie. You guys understand. I could, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because you guys get it. You know. And I'm not saying, listen, um, Steph brought up, you know, um, um, with Ruth and, and uh, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, Nashville sounds pretty good. Um, you know, that they, they left and then they came back. There might be a point where God's like, all right, you did, you did your stuff. Now go. There might be a point. I don't feel it's that point. Well, let me keep reading. So Lot didn't even want to, They said, get out of here and go as far as, as you can get. Lot didn't even want to do that. He said, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to and it is small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to them, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly. I cannot do anything until you reach it. Verse 23, by the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. And this verse, verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. I don't know what Lot was thinking. As Lot's wife was thinking. The angels were very clear. <laughs> Flee for your lives and don't look back. And what did she do? She looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, I don't know. Um, I, I've, I've heard this, that uh, they found, they might've found that pillar of salt or, or found the salt that was Lot's wife. Um, I believe it, of course, because it's a true story. Um, and so Lot, <laughs> Steph, the things you think of. Um, you know, what's the last thing that we read about Lot? That you'd think that was the saddest part, but it wasn't. Lot was now settling in the mountains with his daughters. And basically, so his daughters, well, I'll read it. Um, verse 31. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. Boy, he must have had a lot of wine. Whew. Uh, verse 36, so both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites today. The, the younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. 
He is the father of the Ammonites today. The Moabites and the Ammonites are two of the most wicked nations. So the, the story of Lot has a very sad ending in which not only did he lose his wife, but his daughters through him uh, produced uh, two extremely wicked lines of people. So you're, if you're going to use Lot as any sort of <laughs> inspiration, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because Lot's story is basically the exact opposite of Abraham's story in which Abraham was called to go to, um, to go to a particular land. And God said, this is the land that I've promised you. Lot, on the other hand, looked towards wickedness, saw that it was good, settled there. And as a result, wickedness has come from him. Yeah, they were, they were conceived out of wickedness. It's true. That's, that's the story of Lot. Not so good. I don't want to use that. <laughs> I'm not going to use that story for anything. And here's something extremely important that you need to remember. God, God punished Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. But we're in a very different time now. Now is not the time of God's punishment. Now is not the time where God's punishing people. Now is a time of grace, a time where, where Jesus came into the world, died and rose again for people's sins. And now is the time that God wants everybody to be saved. Now is not the time that God's going to rain down sulfur and destroy cities. So if we're planted here, we're here because we're, we're here to do a job. We're here to share the gospel. We're here to let people know that they still have time, though it isn't much, to turn from their wicked ways and turn to Christ. To, to not have to spend the rest of their lives, the rest of eternity in hell. So no, I'm not looking to get out. And maybe you have a different situation. Maybe you're like one of those people on that, that Twitter poll that are like, I'm fed up of this place. I'm getting out. Listen, I, under, I, I understand this. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you all the things that are going on because whatever. But there, there's, there's things in this country that aren't great. There's bills they're trying to pass that aren't great. I recognize that, but I'm going to do everything I possibly can. Yes, Steph, we know that's fine. I can't, listen, I can't tell anybody what to do. You guys, have, okay, let, let me get to this because I'm, I'm, I'm very quickly running out of time. And these are, these are, these are important scriptures. Psalm one, verse one. I want you to, I want you, this is, this is probably, um, one of the most important scriptures for, for, for Christians, for, for children of God. Psalm 1 verse 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. When we are in covenant with God, we don't have to, we don't live our lives the same way that other people live. 
We're planted by streams of water. Our, we always bear fruit in every season. Our leaves never wither. Everything we do prospers. So if you're in this nation and you're looking around and you're thinking, I know God wants me here, but there is no but. If you're here, you're here for a reason and a purpose and you're going to prosper and your leaves are not going to wither. What does it say? Continue saying, not so like the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. That's not you. You are not one of those people. You're not under that kind of uh, um, a curse, basically. You're in covenant with God. And so if he has you here, now's not the time. You don't, listen, if you want the blessing of God to rest on you, you don't make decisions based on comfort or uncomfort or fear or worry. God's going to take care of you wherever he leads you. The provision's going to be there ahead of time. And if he's planted you here, let, let me say this. Imagine, think of our church that's planted in this city. Imagine the city without it. Did you ever see what that area of St. Leonard looked like before we got there? I used to, when I was, a, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I used to hang out there. That, there was like a McDonald's um, that is where the Dairy Queen was and a KFC. And they were both not very nice places. And that was pretty much it. And there was a maxi grocery store that like, you know, <laughs> anyways. It was, uh, it was not nice. Think of the change just in a few years that we've affected by being here. You're telling me that, that the blessing of the Lord is not on us? <laughs> it was rough, Sheba. <laughs> Steph, well, yeah, I, I understand. I understand. It's not ideal. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that this is ideal. That, that what, what we're seeing happen. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that I know the God that I serve. And I know the power of prayer. And I know that no matter what, the enemy has planned. God has a better plan. Remember what I said on Friday. God has, the devil might have an agenda, but God has an agenda too. I'm part of it and you're part of it. So figure out what role you play in that agenda and do it to the best of your ability. Seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added to you. That you don't have to worry, well, this place is bad. I got to get out. Wherever God leads you, the provision will be there ahead of time like water in the, in the desert, like manna in the wilderness, a cloud by day and fire by night. That's our God. So you figure it out. And I'm going to show you from the word how to figure it out. Psalm 37 verse 23. Listen, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. What does that mean? It means delight yourself in the Lord and you'll know what you need to do and where you need to go. That's, that's a surefire way to figure it out. I don't recall Lot even one time asking the Lord what he should do. It never happened. Abram was like, it was so funny because you see how God called Abram everything that he promised him every abram listened to him he went where he said you know all that and then you have lot kind of in the middle of this story just he wasn't he wasn't delighting himself in the lord he was delighting himself in what looked good to the eyes the lust of the eyes 
and he, and he had his tent pointed towards there. And that's where he eventually ended up. So wicked that it wasn't even worth saving. Wow. That is something. I'm sorry, that's not Canada. Not while I'm here. There's too many righteous people here. Too many. So rather than thinking, I got to be like Lot and get out. Think I got to be like Jonah and go there and make a difference. So that it's not ultimately destroyed. Because now is the, that's why we're here. We're not here to sit around, make money and, and put our feet up and watch TV. That's no life. That's what people out in the world, that's their goal. Our goal is to say, what can I do to help advance the kingdom of God on this earth? And everything else is going to be added to you. That's what the Bible says. So you don't have to worry where your food's going to come from, where your clothes are going to come from, where your money is going to come from. Get locked in with God. Proverbs 4, 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Fix your, what are we, what, what does the Bible say that we need to fix our eyes on? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You keep yourself fixed on there and you're going to know what to do. The spirit of God is going to guide you and lead you. Amen, Loretta. God is rise, raising up a mighty army. Listen, let me tell you something. And I say this a lot. I say this a lot. But the company that I work for, you know, we go into, into poor nations and, and we, 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 we help them help feed children, give clothes to people, spread the gospel. People don't come to Canada to do that. They go from Canada to do that. So this is not a nation that I, I won't concede this nation to the devil. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to live in a place where missionaries have to come to help us. No, thank you. And I'm going to fight till the end. They're going to have to pry it out of my hand. Proverbs 16.3 Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord. We're in covenant with God. You want to know what, what should I do? Where should I go? Commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord. You know, like, like Auntie Joe mentioned earlier on the broadcast about what Brother Tupain said. That, yeah, that we have evil in our government. But our solution is to pray, to believe for change. And listen, I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening with this nation. But all I know is that I'm going to do everything I can to save it. Because I believe that Canada will be saved. And so until it's not, I'm going to keep fighting for it. And I'm going to keep working towards it. And ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen. And if God decides, guys, you did your part. Now it's time to go. All right, then we'll go. But until that day comes, I am going to commit my work to the Lord and see my plans established. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You want to know where to go? You want to know what to do? That's the answer. Come, trust in the Lord. 
Lean on him, not in your own understanding, because your own understanding is going to tell you it's too hard. Go somewhere else. Guess what? There's not going to be anywhere to hide. There's not going to be anywhere to hide. You think maybe Florida's the only place, but then what are you going to do there? Sit on the beach? If that's what, if that's what you want your life to be, go for it. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing. Until God tells me, all right, you did it, now go. But I, I, I happen to believe that we're going to see change start to happen in this nation. And I know it looks, it looks like it's, it's too far gone. That's what, that's what the people on Twitter were saying. It's too far gone. Canada's dead. It's over. Fine, you speak that over it. I'm not going to. I will, I will not. I'm here. We're here. We're being blessed. We're being, we're prospering, we're growing, we're seeing people come and get saved. That's why we're here. We're not here to be comfortable. Exactly. That's a great one, Lynn. The safest and best place to be is where God tells you. That's right. There was a famine in Egypt with Abram and what happened? He got rich and God said, all right, go somewhere else. Okay, he's still rich. There was, a, there was a famine where Isaac was. What happened? He dug wells. And he was so wealthy that the people were jealous of him and they tried to stop him from being wealthy. God, When God's with you, when God's with you, that's right, Sheba, all things are possible. So I don't know if there's going to be a point where God says, all right, you did your work. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. Go down to the beach. Put your feet up. Okay, maybe. <laughs> and I do love the beach. But I, I realized something. That, that's true. My dad has a good point. Com God accomplishes great things with only a few. God doesn't need the majority. I, 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 this is like one of my... I, I've said this so many times. God plus one is the majority. God only needed David and a couple of stones... And Goliath was defeated. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But all I do know is that I'm called to be here. And until I'm not, I'm going to do everything I can to be a light in this nation. Now, before we go tonight, you know, I, I do this now. I do this now every time on the broadcast because I don't know who's watching. Um, I don't know who's going to listen to my podcast later. People listen. I don't know where they're listening from. I don't know if they're saved. But I'm going to say this. You know, we're here. Um, and, and we're living in the last days. It's clear. You know, Jesus said that evil will increase and wickedness will increase. People will turn aside from the truth. You know, we, we know that. And we know that we, we have a job to do. And I want everybody out there to be part of this family. To, be, to, to, to come into God's family, to be a child of God, because God loves you. God loves you. You know, um, I, I brought up the story of Nineveh because God had so much love and compassion for those, those people, no matter how bad they were, that he took someone and he sent them to, 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 to tell those people, hey, you guys need to turn and come to God. And so if you're out there watching, listening later, I don't, I don't know. 
But you, you, you're not saved. You, you can't say that, yep, I'm saved. I'm in the family of God. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So if that's you and you need to make a decision that you say, I, I'm, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of the way things are. I, I, I hear what you're talking about. And I want to be a part of that. Then pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me and believe it in your heart. Believe in your heart. Uh, um, and, and, and your faith will save you. That's what Jesus said. So pray this prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son to set me free. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that he rose from the dead. I confess of my sin and repent of all my wrongdoing. I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you that now I am saved. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. And I hope I hope you did pray it. That's a great quote. I got to read this quote my Auntie Joe wrote. When God gives an assignment, it is no longer something we consider impossible, but it's an absolute certainty because we're where he wants us. That's a great quote. Wow. Wow. I have an assignment. My assignment is be a light in Canada and I will continue to be. And when things get hard and things get expensive, the Lord will provide. The provision has already been planned for ahead of time. God knew what his people would need in the desert and in the wilderness and he provided for them. Cloud by day, fire by night. Trust him. Believe that. Now I'm going to pray for everybody who's here listening. And I don't know if if you're wrestling. um, Not sure what to do. Not sure where to go. Not, you know, confused, worried. Listen. Every area of concern that you came into this broadcast with, I believe that it's going to be gone by the end of it. Because the God that we serve is not a God of confusion. We don't worry with him. We're not afraid with him. But we trust in him. Because we know that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And this nation, (laughs) it's there's still time to be saved. If Nineveh could be saved, although briefly, but it was still saved, um, then Canada's not too far gone. Father, I thank you for these that are watching. I thank you that they're so hungry to hear your word that they take time on a Monday night to sit and listen to the teaching of your word. Father, I pray that any area of concern that they might have, that you would just invade their homes right now. That you would just allow your your, your love to cover them. You would allow your, your strength to cover them. You would allow their, your grace to overflow through them. And your unspeakable joy. Father, I pray for peace. I pray for hope. I pray that if anyone's confused and they're not sure, maybe I should leave, maybe I should go. I am worried about my family. I don't know what to do. Father, I pray, speak to their spirits. Open the eyes of their heart to understand what you want for them and what you, what they need to do. I, 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 I 
curse any kind of confusion or worry or fear that might exist on the inside of them, but rather that they would have a peace to know that they're in the right place at the right time. And they know that when they follow you, that your blessing will follow them too. In the name of Jesus. Amen.